I do want to say thank you guys for coming. This is really, really exciting. Now, some youth pastors might talk with me and say, Caleb, you're a little bit crazy. Why are you hanging out with the parents when you've got 125 students across the street? Isn't your job as a youth pastor to be with the youth? And the truth is I kind of want to use that to explain to you the heart behind tonight. You see, when we read the Bible, there are a lot, a lot, a lot of verses about parenting and about parents. Haven't found any verses about youth pastors quite yet. And so if you read the Bible, if you know the Lord, you understand that really the design that God has in place, not the church, but God has in place, is that parents are the number one spiritual influence in a student's life. The number one spiritual influence in a child's life. That is God's design. And so when we talk about youth ministry, we don't want to just focus on students. We want to focus on God's design of parents. And so with that in mind, man, more and more as a youth ministry, we want to bless you guys, support you guys, encourage you guys, equip you guys more and more. And this is just one step in that direction. And so since you guys have a really big job, an important job, a crucial job, we want tonight to be something that encourages you. I mean, you guys have a serious responsibility. So we want to encourage you. We want to say, keep it up. Keep doing the good work. Keep going. Don't give in. Don't give up. We want to encourage you. We also want to share some wisdom with you. This is not a class. This is not some kind of lecture. We're just, we're just sharing. Yes, Joe, this is not a class. This is not a lecture. This is not a sermon. These are parents who are going to be just sharing with you some of their hearts, some of their experience, people that we love and we trust that are veteran parents. They've been in the trenches. And so I think these people are able to encourage us and bless us with wisdom. The truth is nobody on the stage has all the answers when it comes to parenting. I think we'd all be willing to admit that. Uh, but the reality is in Proverbs fifteen twenty two it says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Parenting fails if you get no counsel. If you get no wisdom from the word of God, from Jesus and from other godly, wise leaders. And so before we get into the panel and I kind of introduce the people that are behind me, I do want to remind you that parenting is not just a formula or a system. And I think this is the heart behind tonight. It's not just a formula. It's not just a system. It's not just a list of things to do and everything's going to work out great. Ultimately, the thing that sometimes we forget is that parenting is a very spiritual thing. It's a God-given task. And so because of that, I want to encourage you, don't just be here tonight to be encouraged about to hear something that's wise that you need to take. I want you to do that. But ultimately, I hope you're encouraged, man. If you want your student to know God and love God and follow God, I want to encourage you, you know God. You love God. You follow God. Because as you follow God and your students follow you, by default, they're going to start following God. And so I just, I just want to throw that out there so that, that you get the right idea that the wisdom that we're sharing is not in a method or a system, but it's really in a relationship with Jesus that drives everything that these parents have done. So I just want, most of you guys know who these parents are, and we're going to pass a microphone around, but we got four different couples. I'm going to turn this one off and use this one here in a little bit when I pass it off. We do have four different couples, Larry and Tina Gallus right here. We've got Greg and Renee Benson over here, Dave and Marcy Wegraff right here, Joe and Rebecca Ward. Joe and Rebecca are the directors of senior high, so they work with a lot of high school students. They've been doing that for um, longer than, than I was born. That's not because they're old. It's Yeah, Joe is, Joe is the youth pastor of many people in this room, and uh Larry and Tina, you guys know, are the worship pastors here at Grace. Dave and Marcy are also elders at Grace. Greg, Greg and Renee are the elders at Grace, elders of our youth ministry. Of course, these are great um, leaders. I just want to show you a picture of some of their families. A lot of these parents are veteran parents. I, I didn't tell them. I just stole photos off of Facebook. Matt, those photos should be in the computer. These aren't embarrassing photos at all. Are they there? Okay, this is the Gallus family. So, yes, in fact, they are parents. They are parents again and again. Yeah, this is an old photo, actually. Yeah, you've got three grandkids now or three more or something like that. I don't know. Um, Tina actually wanted to announce tonight that she's pregnant, so they're expecting another one. So that's, that's fantastic. That's wonderful. Um, Chris, their oldest son, is actually only a month uh, older than me. Um, 30. Yes, 30. Okay. I was like, I'm already a dad. I'm confused. Okay, no, 30. Okay, yes. Um, okay, I'll, I just want you to see their pretty faces. Okay, we've got another photo. 
Or maybe more photos of the galluses. I don't even know. Okay, this has been, again, a, a very old photo. This is all I can find on Facebook, Renee. Come on, help me out. Um, so there's Greg and Renee. There are four kids. There's Josh on the left, Jared on the right. That's a young Katie who, if she was here, would be super embarrassed. And then that's Courtney on the right. So there are their four kids. We've got another photo, I think, coming up. Surely we've got some kind of embarrassing photo. I don't know. But Matt's got another photo. This is, oh, these are the Wegraff family. Yes. So th- these are their three daughters. I can't really see very well, but Jenna and Allie and then Chelsea on the right. But apparently they're an adventurous exploring family. And then, of course, who do we have left? We've got Joe and Rebecca, I think, and their four kids and some more in this one. This is the Cowboy game. See, the Wegraffs, they're into the outdoors. Joe and Rebecca, they're into the Cowboys or something like that. Okay, you've got Matt. That's uh, all the way on the left. You've got Caleb all the way on the right, Cameron, you've got Heather, you've got some spouses. So these are just some family photos. Joe, of course, is never serious at any point in his life. So what I've done is I've given each of these four different couples basically a, a topic. And for lack of a better term, we're kind of going an inch deep and a mile wide. I just want to cover a lot of things. And perhaps after tonight, you're going, man, I need to talk more with that couple about that subject. That would be a good thing. But we're going to take about five or uh, seven, eight minutes for each couple to, to touch base on a specific topic. I've asked the Bensons to talk about just spiritual development and formation. How do you raise your kid to know and follow Jesus? I've asked the Wegrafts to talk about dating a little bit. How do, you, how do you walk with your kids through those kind of decisions? Making, I've asked the Galses to talk about rules and rebellion, kind of what parents need to know about those sorts of things. I've asked Joe and Rebecca to talk to um, the area of being a single parent or a blended family. They're both, obviously they're a blended family right now, and both of you have experience being single parents. So I've asked them to bless the people in that room with that. So what's going to happen is I'm just going to pray, and I'm going to hand the mic over to the Bensons, and then they're uh, going to start, um, and then we're going to go from there. Actually, Larry, why don't you turn your mic on and you pray, and then I'll pass this one over, and then I'll try and fiddle with my microphone as well. Oh, and before I pray, one last thing. If for whatever reason, as they're talking, you have a question burning in your heart, I'm going to throw up my cell phone number. If for whatever reason, maybe, maybe you do, maybe you don't, that's okay. Text in the question, and if it fits with what we're doing tonight, we don't have a lot of time, but if it fits and it's something that needs to be addressed, then I might look at my phone and, and ask that, but we'll be following up, and each of these guys will have the chance to jump in. So, um, Larry, why don't you pray, and then I'll pass this off. Lord, we just uh, give you this time and ask that you speak, Lord, as you want to speak. Lord, we don't claim to know all the answers. All we know is we've, we've kind of lived the cycle. And so, Lord, would you speak through each one of us and pray your Holy Spirit would anoint what we say. It would be your words now in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know. Is, is this working now? Okay, Greg and Renee, before we get to a specific topic, what's, what's one thing that you would like to say to all these parents that would just encourage them? I mean, you're talking to a lot of parents. What, what would you say to encourage them? Uh, I think uh, I would like to encourage uh, the parents that have their first child in youth, especially if he's a male, to take a deep breath and relax um, and allow the Lord to work in his life. Because uh, sometimes our, our human efforts can interfere uh, with what the Lord is more than willing to do. That's great. And, of course, we've given you the topic of just, man, how do you, how do you raise kids to know God and follow mm-hmm. God? What's your part in that? How do you do that with wisdom and with skill? And mm-hmm. so let's just give you guys five or six minutes just to share from your experience and from your heart what, mm-hmm. what might bless us. Okay, uh, I think you you touched on it very well earlier. Uh, the best thing that you can do to uh, help your child fo- know and follow Jesus Christ is to follow Jesus Christ yourself, mm-hmm. to pursue Him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, um, and and allow the, the the Lord to let you walk humbly uh, before Him. And uh, before it gets away, I think if there, I want to get to the last thing in our list was if there's one thing that you could do or do different or one piece of advice. Um, and this happened later in my life. Um, I wish, one thing that I would do differently if I could is I would have been much kinder and gentler uh, with my children. And I, I didn't beat them. I didn't yell at them on a daily basis. But I would have been kinder, and I would have been gentler with my children. Uh, I would have tried to focus more on the relationship than the rules. Uh, 
Um, and those are things that if you walked away with one thing from the Bensons tonight, that would be something because that's the way our Heavenly Father is. And I'd challenge you, go through the New Testament, even if you want to do it, look in the Old Testament and look how often kindness and gentleness is used and, and the other words that it's used with. I would just also just encourage you that your kids are really resilient and, you know, just it's okay if you're not the perfect parent. I think that's something I kind of struggled with and I would see other parents that I thought were perfect and I would try to model that, but I didn't need to be doing that. I just needed to focus on my kids and how to love them and encourage them and bless them. Um, another thing, one of the things that I think that, that was beneficial that we, we did do is we served with our kids. Um, we ended up serving heavily in youth ministry when our two middle kids went in, and that ended up being a real blessing. We've done multiple mission trips with our kids, um, something that's really, I think, shaped them in many ways. As a matter of fact, we're fixing to go on a mission trip with our youngest daughter, and we're actually going to let her take the lead. Her and one of her really good friends are actually going to kind of lead the child care ministry that we've been asked to do, and we're going to kind of take a back seat. So that's exciting for us. That's really cool. Uh, tell us a little bit about um, family devotions. Uh, how, how did you guys as a family or uh, encourage your kids as individuals read the Bible? Did you have a plan for them? Did you have a structure for that? Was it just kind of you encourage them and let them do that their own? Or what, what was your strategy or plan with that? What, what are your thoughts? When we were homeschooling, we did a pretty good job of making that part of our morning routine. Um, when we weren't homeschooling as much... Uh, we had a good plan, but I would say it was rather sporadic. So I don't feel like that we did a great job of that. Greg has the gift of teaching and would often take opportunities to encourage and um, model that with them. So it was more taking advantage of those random teaching moments kind of a thing for you. And one last thing, maybe before we give some of the other people to jump in on this topic, but when it comes to encouraging your kids to follow the Lord, know the Lord, obviously prayer plays a big part of that. So... Uh, I'm just curious, like, how often would you pray for your kids? What kinds of things did you pray for your kids all through the ages? And what kind of things, if you, if you could, you know, hit a switch and you would know every parent prayed this often and prayed this thing for their kid, you know, what would you encourage us to be praying for our kids? Uh, that's probably an area, and just uh, being very transparent with you, an uh, area of probably weakness in our lives. Um, I once heard Tim Wright say that, if there's one thing that he could have done differently with his children is that he would have prayed more for his children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would say if there was one thing I could have done differently, I would have prayed more for my children. But I did pray, and I went through periods where I prayed very regularly. I, I, I prayed that, you know, that they would, they would pursue him. I prayed that God would lead godly people across their paths, and that he would lead them across godly people's paths. Um, I... I I, I didn't focus so much on praying that they would do specific things, but that they would that, that they'd just have an encounter with the Lord, that their heart would be changed, that the Lord would grab their heart. Uh, so that's, you know, what I'd say uh, in relation to that. That's a great answer. What, and, and Larry, maybe you want to jump in on this one, but one, I think, follow-up to this topic of, man, encouraging your kids to follow the Lord. What are other... You guys are the primary influence in your kid's life, right? Well, are there other resources, other people, other things that you did, church, outside of church, that really partnered with you and helped you accomplish your task? I mean, what, what were the things that helped you to disciple your kids? I'll just open that up, I guess, for any, well, any parent. You know, I'll, I'll jump in with the whole, you know, you can't do it alone, right? right? We, we can only do so much as parents, and... I mean, I mean, Caleb, this is kind of your the sales pitch for the youth ministry, but the, the youth ministry at this church is, is wonderful. And obviously, a lot of you parents have your kids spending the weekend here, but that the, they can be with a group of peers who are led by someone that loves the Lord and is pointing them to Jesus, and they're involved. The more they're involved, the healthier we've seen kids be. And, and, and I've been around the youth ministry years ago for many, many years, the kids that were involved that really came and plugged in were the ones that when they graduated went somewhere else in college and plugged in. It's a big deal. If they're, if they're 
if they're barely plugged in here, guess what? When they go away to college, they're going to be barely plugged in there, and that's dangerous. Get connected. The youth group is huge. It's a huge resource. I like that answer. That's pretty, that's pretty good. <laughs> Any other people on the panel? Let's see. I'll, I'll Marcy's, give, Marcy's got something. You give me $20 quick. now. Yeah, I'll give it to you later. <laughs> um, I was going to follow up with two things. One is prayer. Um, I found that that was sometimes hard to do alone. Dave and I would pray for our kids. Mm -hmm. But I was also in something called, then it was called Moms in Touch. Now it's called Moms in Prayer. And I had a group of women that I met with each week who our kids all went to the same school and we would pray scripture for our kids. And it, um, it, it was really um, just such a support to hear other people praying for my kids by name and praying scripture. So I would encourage you moms and dads to find someone else. Sometimes that makes a big difference. The other thing is to kind of follow up that you don't have to do this alone. There's so many great resources um, one thing we didn't have to deal with in training with our kids that y'all are really dealing with is the social media. And um, if I were in your shoes, I would need help with that. And there are resources. There's a, a resource called Axis um, Ministry, and it translates the culture. Um, and this ministry stays on top of all the new trends of what's going on on social media. That, as a parent, is really important in their spiritual development to monitor that and to help them navigate that. So I would encourage you in that way. So. Um, there are moms groups in every school. So in our elementary, um, our kids went to Ditto, they went to Young, and they went to Martin. Um, but when we moved here, there wasn't a group. So I started one, and we only had like three moms. But... Um, that's something you can contact the ministry headquarters, and uh, they'd be able to connect you with somebody. If you're a homeschool mom or private school, it doesn't matter. All of our kids, uh, they need they need that prayer. So that's good. We got time for maybe one more person to jump in on this topic, or uh, we honestly prayed pretty consistently that if our daughters were in any way stepping out of line that they'd be caught because if you're caught be early when you pray that, <laughs> because if you're if you're caught if they if you're caught early and they learn early in life the consequences their friend then um they avoid a lot later on so that is a way we prayed out of love for our daughters that's really good i like that uh, tonight, a part of tonight also to bless y'all is prayer. And after we're done with our panel, we're going to spend 20, 25 minutes. And these are the people that are going to be praying for you while the worship team will come back up. But before we move on to the next topic, Greg, would you just pray kind of with that in mind that God would just help us and equip us and give us what we need to point our students towards Jesus? Father God, we, we just ask as, uh, as parents of children that you've given us, that your Holy Spirit would work within us and would humble ourselves to follow his lead. But we also ask that your Holy Spirit would work in the lives of our children and, uh, and draw them close to you. Father, we, we need your help. Uh, we need the help of the community, of the fellowship of the body. And so we ask uh, for that ministry to happen in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, one question real quick. That ministry that you mention was spelled axis ministry is it a x i s a x i s i don't know who texted that in but that's that okay let's move over to larry and tina gallus i've given you guys a specific topic but before we jump into that is there anything just in general just kind of broad that you would say just to encourage these parents out here what, what would you tell them just in general to encourage them you can do it <laughs> you can survive the teenage years i often say I think the hardest thing I've ever done in life is to parent a teenager. Hardest thing ever in life. I've done a lot of different things. You will survive. It's not perfect, but you will survive. Okay, I've given you guys the topic of rules, rebellion. Share a little bit of your story and your heart and some wisdom with us when it comes to rules and rebellion. Kind of a big deal when it comes to the teenage years. You know, we were both came from non-Christian homes. We both had some rocky 
years growing up, teenage years, maybe some like some of you guys. So we get, we're saved, we get married, we're having kids, and we're thinking we want to do everything we possibly can to keep our kids away from these things. And so in a lot of ways, we did it all wrong, okay? Um, there's a scripture in Ephesians, right, about children obey your parents, honor them. But a little bit further on, it says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. In the midst of trying to protect them, out came rules and rules and rules. And I exasperated my oldest son and pushed him away, pushed him out the door in a lot of ways when he was, you know, pretty much almost, you know, 18 or whatever, I walked, I came home one day and he was moving out with a buddy, got an apartment and, and a lot of, you know, I pushed him out because I exasperated him. I provoked him to anger and we, we just had this kind of relationship because for, for me, it was black and white rules. You're not following the rules. You, you know, you're in trouble, whatever. To, to a lesser extent, our second son, and then we kind of started learn, learning some things. Um, and then we had really, really dark days with him when he was 19. Um, he got involved with, I mean, it's really interesting. I mean, I mean, we, we did everything, right? We homeschooled because we thought that was the way to protect them, to keep them away from the dangers of this world. And so all they did was, all he did was get in trouble with other Grace Community Church homeschool kids. So that didn't solve the problem. We thought we were doing that for the right reasons. They were the wrong reasons. We were terrible homeschool parents, really. Because we, uh, she was great, okay? I was terrible. Whoa, saved himself right there. Okay. Nick of time. Let, let me just say this. We did it for the wrong reasons. We thought we could create this shell and protect our kids from all the things we did wrong. And homeschooling was one of them. We're going to protect them from those kids over at school. that were They're terrible. And it all backfired. They just got in trouble with people they knew that went to church with us. And such that our oldest son was addicted to meth. And we feared for his life. We feared he could be in jail at any moment's notice. He was hanging out. Some of those people were friends from church. Some of those people then became horrible people. Horrible people that he was hanging out with. And so we got there because I exasperated him with rules after rules after rules. And I, I, I encourage you guys, major in the majors, minor in the minors, Amen. lighten up. We learned, I learned, I learned to lighten up and realize that's not that big a deal. Certain things were just not that big a deal. But when my oldest son, it was a big deal because he wasn't obeying my rules. What's an example of something like that that you oh look back gosh, and go, why was that? On the, no, talking on the phone with girls. Okay. Okay? I mean, um, just you know, whatever it be, chores or friends or, you know, going, you know, just being with friends or whatever. I mean, it started when they were younger, but it, by the time the teenage years, it was just horrible because, you know, coming in on time and everything but just just stupid rules really that didn't didn't matter wasn't going to help him follow Jesus or anything but when we went through the dark times I mean we you know I'll turn over to Tina because in a lot of ways I, I lost hope I, I lost hope but she never did <laughs> <laughs> that <wasn't quite> <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I just want her to say how we over, how, how did we get him back? First of all, I can't express enough. Pray, pray, pray. Never give up. Amen. Never, ever. Love doesn't give up. It always hopes and trusts. Mm -hmm. th that's a big thing for me that my kids knew that they could trust me. They knew they could trust me with any and everything that they told me. Um, we would stay up 
you know, late talking. They knew they could trust me. That's a, a big deal. Um, and what Greg said about, you know, being kinder, just be gentle. You know, we don't have to, you know, they knew that when they came to me with something, I wasn't going to just punish them, but train them gently, you know, just talk with them. Um, and if you, th- you know, you're thinking something's going on, ask them questions and just guide them through it. Just be gentle. Cause if you're not, they're not going to come to you and you know, you could push them away, and who knows what they're going to get into. Who knows who they're going to turn to, because they're probably going to turn to somebody. And you don't know who that's going to be. And friendships, that's huge. You know, you really need to, especially when they're young, and you can guide them and talk to them about good friendships. When they're older, I mean, you still direct them and tell them, you know, because a companion of fools will suffer. They will. And so just, you know, watch who they're hanging out with and try to guide them in that because that's huge. Um, and, I don't know, keeping them from trouble, maybe get them and, you know, help them see what they're interested in. What, you know, what kind of passions do they have and just nurture that. And, you know, they like music, get them a guitar. I don't know, just, you know, sports or dance or motorcycles. Just get them involved in something where they're not just idling and getting in trouble but i don't know that's really good so because of her prayer and you know to finish the story i mean chris ended up coming back with us and it was it was still a hard time as he sort of cleaned up but he turned his life around and you know he's married and he's the father of our three grandkids. And, and they, they had some rocky times in their marriage a year or so ago. I mean, hard times. <clears throat> and they were separated for a while. But now, you know, Jamie, her, our, our daughter-in-law will say, their marriage is better now than it's ever been. Praise the Lord. And, and Chris is playing drums at church on the worship team where they go in this little church of, in Ovilla, Texas, you know, and... He's working hard, and he's, they're doing good. Okay, we survived. You can survive. We can clap, yes. One, you know, just to, to kind of say, all the things we thought were the right things to do really weren't. And so we, we, like I said, we lined up with our other kids. And, you know, a lot of our other kids went to school. Right, We put our kids in public school. You know what? That doesn't mean that we just let them go. It means that we were still involved. I mean, we would have lunch with, every week we'd have lunch with our kids at school. We got to know their teachers. We got to know their friends. Their friends came over to our house. Whichever avenue you choose. And it, you know, we had a false sense of security, thinking, oh, well, we're protecting them from all this stuff. Well, yeah, it was a false sense. Okay, they still got in trouble. So, Tina mentioned their friends are the number one thing. You become like who you're around. Know your kids' friends. Have them over. I mean, we, I mean, our house has always, over the years, has been filled with teenagers. Well, I'd rather have them in our house than somewhere else because I don't know what they're doing somewhere else. So open your house up. Get to know their friends. That's a big deal. That's good. Larry, you said something earlier that I thought was really good. Major on the majors, minor on the minors. And I think, at least in my brain, probably in a lot of their brains, they're going, okay, well, how do I know the difference? You know, some things might be obvious. And this might be an opportunity not so much to give us a specific answer. But if you've got a parent going, okay, well, how do I know? How do I make a decision here? And even anybody else on the panel, what would you tell a parent that's going, evaluating something like that? What, what was, what's something they could do to help them make that decision? Is this a big deal? Is this not a big deal? I don't know. Uh I heard Josh McDowell say one time that rules without relationship leads to rebellion. If you've got rebellion, you may need to work more on the relationship than you do on the rules. On a James Dobson program, uh, he described one time the impact that these different scenarios have on kids. High discipline, high love homes generally produce the most stable children. High discipline, low love 
often produce the most unstable and rebellious and disruptive children. Probably not what you would have thought. I'd encourage you to work on the relationship. And one thing that I had to do, and it's part of a, a, a healing process that I went through, I went to my, primarily to my two sons. And I thought about times where my behavior had embarrassed them or hurt them. And I had to tell them. And I said, I remember this happened. I see it was wrong. I was wrong. I can't imagine how much that might have hurt you. Will you forgive me? It was healing for for me. And it had the opportunity to be healing for them. So dad's out there. Ask the Lord to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and where you need to humble yourself and go to your children. Because God's word tells us that he's opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble and that he will exalt you at the right time if you're willing to do that. And I saw my relationship with my oldest son restored to a level that I wouldn't have thought it could have been. That's good. I agree. You know, if if you've done something wrong, go apologize. Tell them you're sorry. Ask for forgiveness. You know, we're not perfect. You guys are not perfect. You're going to say things you don't mean to say or shouldn't say, do things or whatever. Just tell them you're sorry. And that you're wrong and ask for forgiveness. It's powerful. I got one other question before we move on to another topic. And maybe all of you can weigh in on this real quick. And let us know. But um, Tina had mentioned something about trust is so important. Just to be able to, the kids know that they can share anything with you. And so one question that we have is that trust that you want to build with your kids, does that mean that they share something that you don't tell your spouse about, your husband about, your, your wife about? Or is there, does that make sense? If you build trust with your, your child tells you something, you're going, oh, I'm not sure I want to share that with you know, my spouse. How, how do you guys handle, balance that trust that you have with your spouse, that you have with your kids? We've got like a minute to answer. <laughs> I don't know everything. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I don't think you have, I mean, I don't. I mean, I, they share things with me that it stays with me, and they know that. Because um, I would react differently. He would. <laughs> and, and because I'm not, I mean, I, it would become a bigger deal then I think it needs to be. I don't want to make it sound like I'm keeping stuff from him, though. Did, like, time play a part of that? Maybe you don't tell him that night. Maybe you tell him a week later or something. Did that ever? <laughs> it could be well, months. Months. Years. <laughs> years. You know, when it, processes, yeah. right? What about other couples on the panel? Different philosophy, different strategy? I'm open to hear what you guys think about that. I think for me it would depend what it was. I mean, I think there's a lot of things that were shared in confidence that I kept in confidence, but if it was an issue that I felt like was um, something that was bigger than what I could handle or felt like we needed to counsel about it, I would talk to Dave privately and say, now, this, you need to not react to this. We need to talk about it and pray about it, and then we would strategize together. Okay. So it just depended, I think. Mm-hmm. Great thoughts. Any other thoughts before we move on? Yeah, I, I was perfectly comfortable and confident in Marcy and the girls having that um, protected, having protected conversations because I, I knew those would arise, and that's that's part of my, honestly, it's part of my trust in who Marcy is, and yeah. And if and if in her judgment she felt it was more proper for us to own that together, then she would. But I, I never, I, I never felt a need to press that. So I was perfectly comfortable with some things remaining untold to me. Those are good thoughts, Larry. Before we move on, you want to just pray for us, everyone in this room, regarding rules, rebellion. Man, there might be parents really in a tough time. Can you just pray for us, Lord? First of all, I just feel led to pray for any prodigals. represented in this room who have walked away from you whether they're 15 or 25 Lord we just pray that you bring them home pray that their hearts would be 
turn to you. Lord, if it's anything that, you know, as Greg shared about just saying, asking forgiveness, Lord, I pray that you would speak to the parents right now that might need to ask for that. And Lord, we just pray um, that you really do give us wisdom as parents to handle this difficult thing called boundaries and, and rules. And But Lord, to, to do it with love and kindness. And so, Lord, we just uh, say this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the Bensons and the Galses took all our time. But we still have time for the other two <laughs> topics for about five or six minutes each. So I tell you what, uh, Joe and Rebecca, what's, uh, we'll, we'll give you guys the microphone before we jump into maybe being a single parent or advice you might have, uh, encouragement for blended families. What would you just say to encourage the parents in this room it, just to make them feel good? <laughs> Um, (laughs) I would say one thing to all you who are married is um, we don't expect to get to the point of being a single parent. That's not our goal. I was a single parent for 10 years. I think Joe was about 10 years too. That was not my goal in my life. I was raised a believer in a good Christian home. My parents did get divorced. So I do believe some of it can be a generational sin. I mean, it's just you see it. It's a path. But um, two weeks ago when Gary was up here preaching, he uh, spoke about the prayer for the Ephesians and, and said that the one thing he regretted is that in his marital counseling that he did not do that prayer. And it just hit me because I knew at that point that we were going to be speaking tonight. And um, I just urge each one of you, husbands and wives, to pray for your spouse just all the time, especially when he does something to get you mad and there's been this just waves and waves of bitterness coming and you're, you're, it's just piling on on top of each other and you can't forgive him or forgive her. I just pray that you start praying that prayer because one day you might be sitting at the table and leave and you're willing to destroy a family because of reasons that really doesn't matter in the scheme of things. These are vows that you took before God. And as Joe and I sit up here, it's not greener on the other side. I can tell you that. There's patches of dirt. It's got to be fertilized. It's got to be mowed. You have to have the rains. You have to have God pouring his love over you and forgiveness, his grace and mercy. So please, married couples... Our lives have not been easy as a blended family. Even to this day, sharing grandbabies and weddings and and just all that, it is not easy. So I just pray over all you guys to just stay faithful in your vow to God first and your relationship to him and then to your husband and to your wife. Um, That's great. Do you remember what chapter and verse in Ephesians that was coming three, from? Chapter 15 three, through 20. I have it on my phone. Chapter 3, 15 through 20. Yes. Um, for you single parents, as a woman, I pray over you tonight that you will um, let go of guilt. Let go of um, forgiveness. Forgive yourself. I spent too many years feeling the guilt and the brokenness and the failure, and you gotta let it go, and you only can do that by God. You gotta let Him forgive you. He has. He's paid the price. We, he's He's got the grace and mercy. He's already done it. We just have to accept it, and not. And when you pick it up, just put it back down. Ephesians, the prayer says it again. How wide, how deep. His love carries all. It covers all. He paid it. Let us let it go. And just begin to love yourself. And you are a true child of God, been redeemed. You're loved by him. And there was no reason to beat yourself up because you're walking that path. I can tell you all kinds of how you deal with if you don't get child support on time. And when your ex calls and says, okay, I'm not coming to get the kids. And you just want a weekend with quiet, you know. I under, we can go through that, but 
I just know the biggest thing is to let go of the guilt and forgive yourself because you're walking this path and God still loves you. He's going to be there for you. He's not going to leave you or forsake you ever. Amen. Thank you. That's great. Joe, do you want to? I guess we're doing this. Let's do it now. Yeah. Why don't you grab the microphone? Just All right. Thanks, Caleb. Um, a couple of things. Don't I have a sweet wife. She loves Jesus. She loves that me. That was good. I don't deserve it. Amen. Uh, one of the things that's a big deal to us. I, 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 let me tell you something that, that I don't get my feelings hurt very much. You know, people make fun of me. I That's like, why we're good friends, I, I Joe. Know, I know, but it's good. But one of the things that really hurt two two times, I have heard people say about us saying, "Look at Joe and Rebecca. I mean, they're both divorced, and and they did fine. You know, it, it's okay. We are not trying to be a role model that divorce is good." But but seriously, I mean, people have said that. People that are leaving their spouses have said that. It's okay. Look, it's not okay. I'm telling you, it's not okay. We don't want to be a role model that life is wonderful after divorce because life is very very difficult after divorce, and 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 we don't we don't really want to. We're not trying to do that. The the consequences are unbelievable in a blended family that that you have to deal with. The, the jealousy of her kids versus my kids, and you're doing this for them. How come you're not doing this for me? The deal with Christmas and Thanksgiving and, you know, three or four sets of grandparents and all of this crazy stuff that you guys that are in blended families or single families, you know what's going on and, and, and how you do that. It, and it really is the challenges in dealing with exes are, are wide and varied. You know, our situation was very different with exes. My ex was very involved with my two boys. Her ex was not very involved with her two kids. Okay, so her kids look at me as kind of their daddy. Still do. And that's a good thing, and I'm glad to be there. My kids don't look at her as their mom because their mom is involved. And so think about the challenge that that is. Think about the discipline issues that you come with a blended family. You can't tell me that. You're not my mom. You're not my dad. You people who are married in intact families, you have no idea the kind of challenges that, that you have to deal with. And it is very difficult. It's not easy. You know, and those things are, are, uh, are, are difficult to deal with. A couple of points, and I'm going to finish up. When I was a single parent, one of the things that I did is I made a big deal out of hanging out with good, healthy, married couples and their kids. And we did stuff, my boys, we did stuff with Bruce and Debbie Roberts all the time, with uh, I'm thinking the McNulty's, they don't go here anymore, but other families, Kootenai. We had, we had great people that I knew loved each other and loved their kids, and all, we were, my boys were over there, we were eating dinner all the time, we were hanging out with them. Because I wanted them to see that all marriages don't end in divorce. And there are moms and dads who love each other, and they do good together. And so that was a big deal for me as, as a single parent. You know? But on, on the parenting issue, I've got, I'm, I'm, we've gone too long. But I've got something else to say, but I'll, I'll hush. I've got three points. I'm going to do a sermon. I what a, I tell you, before you get to your sermon. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you know, obviously, we've got single parents, blended families at this church, and in, in, in our youth ministry, we love them. What's one thing that you would say to the families out there that aren't in that situation? And this might be a very difficult question. But take 30 seconds, tell us, okay, we, we're, we're, we're in a family that's not blended. We're in a family where we're not a single parent. What's... One thing we as the church can do to bless, support, encourage. What's one simple thing that maybe the church can do that would practically really speak volumes to a single parent or a blended family? Accept them. Love them. Um, We feel already um, different. Um, Mine was 24 years ago, and the church, I mean, it's hands down no. And... um, when I first came here 16 years ago, I praise the Lord that the atmosphere has changed. We are involved, and we want to love on them and serve the singles. Uh, singles need to accept it. It's hard. Uh, I sh- sh- uh, sheltered. I made, built walls around me and didn't accept help very well. But uh, single parents accept help from the married couples. God has... Um, Give them a heart to serve you, and so be blessed by it, and let them be blessed too. Mm-hmm. But this church is, I mean, from 16 years ago, it's just a big difference. 
um, it was hard to get in because I was different. I was a single parent. I was a businesswoman. I was a branch manager for, for a large bank. And so I was totally different than what this church was. I mean, it was conservative and homeschooled. And so I really, I was different. And I was <laughs> opinionated and everything. So She uh, still is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But accept them, love them. That's all, I mean. Joe, what's, what, 10 seconds, what's another practical way to accept them. It's like what I ten, said, not 10 minutes, 10 seconds. What I said a minute ago, if you are a single parent, hang out with good families, okay? Take your kids over there. You guys do stuff together. If you are a married couple, an intact family, invite some of these folks that are single parents to come have dinner. Come hang out. Let's go to a movie. Let's go do stuff. Would you encourage the intact families to absolutely, be the ones reaching out? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, I'm a, I reach out easy, but, but do that because most single parents are more like her. She's kind of, you know, when she was a single parent, she, she wasn't really trying yeah. to go out because she felt different. Well, they need you to say, come on over and have dinner with us. Hang out with us. Mm-hmm. I went on vacations with my kids. Like, oh, but not, I mean, like Christmas and New Year's, we'd go down with Bruce and Debbie to Granbury to be with all their family, with mm-hmm. me and my boys. Because I wanted them to see good families. What a blessing that was to me as a single dad with two kids. That's great. Joe, why don't you... Pray for us, not just the, pray for the single parents, the blended families, that God would give them grace, wisdom, patience, uh, but also pray for us that aren't in that situation that we really would be accepting, encouraging, and, and reaching out. In I'll that do way. that, but I do, I'm going to say one thing before then. I haven't talked much, but I'm going to talk low now. And, and this has been said a number of times, but I want to tell you, the very, this is point number three of my three points I didn't get to do. Love it. Two. The very best thing that Rebecca and I do is we pray together every day, out loud, together, in the morning, before I go to work. And we pray about our kids every day and the things that they're going through. And we pray about our situation and our business and other kinds of things. But that is, you know, when you're praying for those kids and when you're disagreeing about how to handle some discipline issue, when you pray about it out loud, I might have an agenda when I'm trying to talk her into doing it my way, but when I'm talking to God in front of her, I can't do that. So the very, very best thing that I think that you can do is to pray together, out loud, every day. Pray for your children. Pray for yourself. Pray for your marriages. Pray for those other things. And that we've done a lot of things wrong, and we've really messed up a whole lot, but that's the best thing we've done. I promise you. The best thing that we've done. All right, let's, uh, let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time, and we just give you glory for your goodness and grace and mercy to us. And we pray, Father. As we think about this, and there's, I know in this room there's single parents, there's blended families, there's people that are dealing with real challenges that the church really doesn't address very well. And I just pray, Father, your hand upon them, your grace upon them. I pray, Father, for the intact families to seek out and look for those families like that are hurting, those moms that don't feel worthy and don't feel uh, comfortable around regular intact families. We pray that we break down those barriers, Lord God, in your grace and mercy would be here to help the, help us all be a family like you've called us to be in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Amen. Okay, we've got one more topic. We've got five, seven minutes to discuss this, but I've given you guys a topic of dating. Before we get into that topic, is there something you'd like to say just in general to encourage these parents? What would you say to them? Sure. We've heard a lot of recurring themes here, so a lot of what we would have to share has been spoken, and one is... Um, Yes, you have the you stand in a unique opportunity. It's a privilege and it's exciting to be the primary influence in your teen's life, and that specifically is relevant to um, you know relationships with with the opposite sex, um, dating or you know guy guy girl relationships. And uh, dads, you have the opportunity to model who you want your daughters one day to uh, marry. And uh, moms, you have the opportunity to model who um, one day your sons will marry, and that's pretty exciting privilege. So um, you can approach that with excitement and uh, anticipation. So, yeah, I guess what I would say is there may be some of you sitting here. Um, maybe you're really frustrated or even despairing over something that you're dealing with in parenting, and we spoke on this a little earlier, just don't try to do it alone. Reach out to someone um, that you feel safe with. Ask them to pray for you. Um, I had somebody that I walked with every week, another, um, a friend of mine, and 
she was a little further along in her parenting and I respected how she parented and we would talk about a lot of things and pray together. Um, and then there's just great resources out there too. Um, I've already mentioned um, one, focus on the family, uh, family life today, those, those kind of things. You can Google any situation or search within their website and, um, and get some really practical help. So I just wanted to encourage you if you're feeling like I'm the only one that's dealt with whatever situation, you're not. There's hope. There's always hope. That's good. Of course, I've given you the difficult topic of dating and things like that. And, and uh, so we want to ask you guys to share some wisdom on that. How, how do you kind of, as parents, walk through that <laughs> difficult time yeah. with your kids? Well, Marcy and I, we were talking about it this week. And, and the one thing we wanted to, to share this evening in terms of a core foundational element was accountability. I mean, we all need accountability. It, keep, it protects us. It's, accountability is a good thing in all areas of our life. But of course, accountability for your teen in the areas of uh, relationship with with the opposite sex uh, in the in the in the dating perspective uh, and Marcy has some things to share I'll mention one thing in the area of accountability that we always emphasize from very early on was the importance of groups get to know guys in a in a group setting it gives you a, it's a safe place a youth group for instance was mentioned as as, a, as an awesome example of a, a good safe place to observe uh, girls observe boys in terms of character behavior um, those kinds of things and then give opportunity for one-on-one relationship in 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 a more public place in a safe place so so accountability and and group settings was what we emphasized and along with that, um, it also protects against isolation, um, temptation. Um, you know, teenagers, their passions run high. And, um, you know, I can speak, I have three girls. Their minds, they fast forward, and they're living happily ever after. And they may not even really know the character of a young man. So, so groups is key. Um, Another uh, area of accountability that we had as a family is early on our girls had the expectation that any guy that was pursuing them or was interested in them, they would, it would be kind of a package deal. They would come and spend time with our family and have dinner with us. Um, and I just kn- knowing that we were going to come talk with you, I asked each of them about the... Um, kind of the guidelines and accountability we had. And to some degree, they were all um, embarrassed by the standards we had. We had pushback. Some of the girls more than others um, were not happy with us. I felt like I had someone angry with me for about, you know, it rotated who it was for maybe about (laughs) 15 years. So if you're in a place and you've got a son or a daughter who That's a long time. (laughs) I got two daughters. (laughs) It's, um, you know, just try to keep the perspective that, and and we had fun time. We had a lot of fun. We had good relationship. But if you you set standards for your kids, you know, you want to have a level of friendship but you are their parents. Too. It's okay for them to be upset at you for it's your standards. It's okay for them okay. to be upset with you. And, um, and so keep the bigger perspective of what um, you're trying to do. You're wanting to disciple your kids. You're wanting them to develop the critical thinking so that when they're 18 and going off to college, they have had that opportunity to think through um, what their goals are in the area of dating. Jenna, can I ask you to reach into my coat pocket and bring me a deck of cards that's in my jacket pocket, please? And I'll get to that in a minute. Um, Yeah, so anyway, uh, the dad relationship with the daughters or or, um, moms with the sons is really so important. Uh, And so I really... uh, I really tried to emphasize that early on. Uh, but in terms of later years, you just obviously need to be in tune with your, uh, your teen's interests. And it was mentioned here before. Try, try, try to, in a supportive way, um, 
not in an unnatural or awkward way, and it might be kind of hard to define what that means, but in, in a natural and supportive way, insert yourself into their interests and be a part of who they are. Live, live where they live. Um, and you may not, that might not personally interest you, but, but this, is, this is your daughter. This is your son. This is who they are. Live where they live and, and make that effort. That's, that's just so important. It, it kind of connected to that. I had another question come in kind of talking about, you know, in the midst of work and busyness and activities, how important is it or how is it possible to give focused attention to each kid? Just how important is that? And maybe connected to the topic you're talking about, important for a dad to connect and spend time with every, like, did you say, okay, I'm going to spend time with every daughter and how often, or was that kind of a, oh, it just happens when it happens or? Well, I, I, I tried not to be a, a scorekeeper, but I tried to across the board prioritize uh, opportunities to be a part of my daughter's life, to go to their games or events. I think it's particularly important that something that they're where they're being honored, that's something you might need to just drop everything and you go and you celebrate with them and something they're being honored in, and. Uh, and and they'll remember that. So so not a uh, perfect. You're not like got a clock going. No. Okay, I spent ten minutes with you. No, but there is. But you were keeping track of that in a general way. Yeah, I I just I just tried to comprehensively apply that across the board. And and uh, I mean honestly, I, I tried to extend myself a lot of grace so I wasn't keeping score on myself. To oh, I haven't done enough with that one, and I've done too much with this one because I knew I'd drive myself nuts, and I. They'd, they'd sense that, and they'd get stressed out. So you know, sure. that either. But uh, I, I just want to get quickly to this. This is not just any deck of cards. It's uh, the girls made this for me for Father's Day, and it's fifty-two things we love about Daddy. So I'm not going to read all fifty-two of them, but I am going to cite two of the items of the 52 that I think speak to dating and relationships with, you know, with guys that are important to them as, the, as they look back and, and they didn't necessarily tell me about this. And to Marcy's point, they maybe didn't like it at the time. But uh, one says, you intimidated boys when necessary. Well, that's something they liked about me, looking back. And what that told me is that it's very important to know that they have, uh, in their dad, they have a protector. Right. That they have a guardian, that they have a gatekeeper. And so I made every effort, and Marcy referred to our family time, so that was important, this whole package. I wanted to make sure it was very important that the guy knew that I was, I was in the mix. Dad's in the mix. And, um, you know, never tried to make it overbearing or, uh, you, know, uh, you know, authoritarian over them. But, uh, you know, relation, relationship, is, uh, tried to develop relationships. But then sometimes I'd ask the hard, you know, the hard questions. And it m- might make them squirm a little bit. But, you know, what squirming is good. Right. A little bit of fear is okay. It's all right. So, um, but relationship is important with, with these young men. And the, the other one I wanted to cite that uh, is so key, dads. You tell us we are beautiful. Dads, you need to tell your daughters that. They need to hear it from you first, frequently, always. That's... That's the model you want to set because that's a standard you want them to take out there in terms of a guy who's going to see them and all that they are is beautiful. But they want to know they heard it from their dad first. So uh, I can't overemphasize dad's relationship with daughters and moms with sons. It's just as valuable. Uh, and I would encourage you um, something that Dave did with the um, the guys that our girls uh, spent time with in a dating relationship is that he would have regular times um, 
and I don't know how, you know, what the frequency was, where he would just invite them out for coffee and they would sit and it was more of a mentoring opportunity for Dave to get to know them and, and then ask some of the hard questions. And uh, my, one of my son-in-laws jokingly referred to it as, are you going to mention to everyone the awkward questions Dave would ask all of us? So um, there's actually a book called Interviewing Your Daughter's Date by uh, Dennis Rainey. And it was a book that I'd heard about on the radio, and I bought it and gave it to Dave. And he read it and, um, you, you know, didn't go go by by the letter, but he used it as a guide to, well, how, you know, how do you do this? Because we didn't come from families where this was modeled, and um, we certainly didn't do it perfectly. We don't want to give you that impression at all, because it's a, you really have to know your daughters, and you want to know um, uh, who they're spending time with, and there's no formula for any of this, and you just, and you have to pray a lot, so... Um, men have a big, big influence. And I didn't have any sons, but I would imagine if I had, I would have wanted to spend some one-on-one -on -one time with any girls that uh, they were interested in, just to get, you know, get to know them. And I've got kind of a follow-up question. Uh, stressing the importance of a dad telling a daughter, man, you're beautiful. And, and the rest of the panel, what's, what's the question that just came in? What would be an equivalent that maybe a mom might need to communicate to her son? Is there something that maybe a mom should communicate to her son or maybe a dad to his son that might be comparable to that? Joe, you've got a thought? I've got a thought. I don't need a microphone. <laughs> the thing that parallels what Dave said about daddies tell your daughter they're beautiful. Guys, you tell your son... You've got what it takes, and I'm proud of you. You've got what it takes, and I'm proud of you. When I figured out how big a deal that was, because I remember wanting my daddy to really think I was good at things, not just good at sports, but good at whatever. And when I have communicated that to my sons, I'm proud of you. I, I, their face lights up. My oldest son's wife told me on the phone one day, the thing that Caleb wants to hear more from you than anything else is that you're proud of him. She told me that. And that's right. So that parallels, you're beautiful, girls, you're beautiful, boys, I'm proud of you, you've got what it takes. You can do this. I'm behind you, I support you. That's great. I mean, I want to jump in, because this is, as they're talking about dating, the interesting thing here is on either side of them... <laughs> is uh, our son Josh dated Allie for, I don't know, a couple years, and, and Jared dated their daughter Chelsea for a lengthy period of time. And I will say that I, I appreciated uh, that Dave would say, hey, Josh, let's meet for breakfast. Let's have lunch. And he did mentor him, and he did encourage him, and he did ask him hard questions. And that was great. And he, and he actually loved those times. He really did. He loved those times. And he highly respects you for that. That's a, that's, that's a great testimony of the influence that you have, not just in your daughters, but the men who are dating them, even if they don't get married one day. You know, that's, that's pretty amazing. We, we grass, would you just be willing to pray for, for us parents in this room and that God would give us grace and wisdom in this area? Father, this is a blessed time. Thank you so much for the opportunity to consider our sons with a young lady one day or our daughters with a young man and what that might mean and how we as parents navigate through encouraging them, supporting them, protecting them, and praying over them through healthy uh, relationships of that nature. Uh, may it all be before you, unto you, and prayed over fully to you all the, uh, by all of us because we all need your prayer, we all need your grace, and uh, we all need to know that uh, just that we're loved by you, that's who we are, because you are a good father. So thank you for the opportunity to share and to um, be encouraged tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's clap for these guys that have been sharing with us. They did a great job. And.
the night's not over. I want to invite you guys to be praying for these parents. And so if you guys would stand up and kind of come down here, the worship team, you guys come back up. We're just going to take 10 minutes. And, and you guys might be parents out there thinking, man, I'm, I'm going through this topic or this area. I need those people that just said that to pray for me about my situation. And so these leaders are willing to take the next 10, 15 minutes to, to pray with you. This isn't a time just to talk, you know, share your whole story, but just to receive prayer. So the worship team is going to come up and lead us, kind of kind of set the mood by just making this a time of worship as well. Um, we've got other leaders in this room that will pray for you as well that weren't on the panel. We've got an elder and Ed Gish right here. If, Ed, you want to stand up and make yourself available for prayer? And I think the Hagans are on our, our team. Hagans, if you guys want to come up here and stand over here, the Hagans are more than happy to pray for you as well. But parents, please take advantage of this time. You've got amazing leaders, people who just poured into your life. And, and we want to stress again the importance of prayer. And so as the worship team, uh, or I guess as Karen leads us, Karen's going to lead us in worship during this time. Just parents, just worship Pray for yourself. Pray for your kids. If you want to receive prayer, then just come up. If you've got kids in, in Adventureland right now, in, in five minutes, go get them. But we're just going to take 10, 15 minutes to be praying. If you've got to go, you've got to go. But, man, we want to capitalize on this time just to pray and bless. So let me open this time up with, with prayer. Lord, we thank you for just the encouragement and the wisdom that, that just happened. Lord, thank you that it blessed me. I pray that it would have been powerful to bless the people that were listening. And, and Father, I know there's parents that are that are in this room right now who are thinking, man, I need prayer. I need God to step in. I need God to help me. I need God to give me even more wisdom and more encouragement in this area. I pray that this would be an anointed time in which, Holy Spirit, your presence would be powerful. And I pray as these key leaders put a hand on a shoulder and, and look into the eye of other, other parents and pray for them, God, that you would break down walls that need to be broken down, that you would do things that parents have been asking you to do for a long time, but tonight would be the night that you come through and, and the answer is yes. It's no longer wait, but yes. And we just ask that you would do amazing things in the lives of our parents and of our students. And so we just give you this time now.